The SaaS Universe podcast is brought to you by Efficient Capital Labs. Realize your future revenue today. Hey everyone and welcome to the SaaS Universe podcast. Today, Joseph Abraham, founder and CEO of Startup Atom, has a one-on-one with Vinayak Srivastava, CEO and founder of Videoverse. Videoverse is a video technology company that encapsulates an ecosystem of AI-based video solutions for enterprises and creators, and it provides these solutions primarily through their three platforms, which are Magnify, an AI-based enterprise solution, Stick, a live streaming solution, and Illusto, an intuitive video editing tool. In this episode, Joseph discusses Vinayak's journey as an entrepreneur. and eventually founding videoverse hope you all enjoy the show hi vinayak thank you so much for taking the time and and joining us today on sas founders podcast it's really nice nice to have you and uh, happy i mean I, i got to know a little bit about what you do at videoverse uh, sounds very interesting um and and uh, nice to know about this the journey of of where you started and pivoted and where you are right now building an ecosystem would love to learn more about that and and i'm pretty sure our listeners would also love to get to know about your product and your journey as an entrepreneur so welcome to the show vinak thank you thank you joseph for having me on the show great so let's start straight off with the origin story and the genesis of video verse so how did it start how did you guys come together and and what was that that led you to start something like our ecosystem so started back in 2016 mm-hmm. idea was always to do something in the video space uh i was doing a project with one of the uh, i would say multinational broadcaster uh, globally where we were trying to see how we can uh, solve for buffering of content under low bandwidth hmm. and i'm talking about 2015 when internet penetration was yet not that great hmm. right uh so we were trying to solve for how content can buffer under low bandwidth had picked up a gig with one of the top uh, broadcasters globally mm-hmm. did that gig for 7 months so while i was doing that i got too inclined towards uh you know looking at the video space so started working uh a little i would say as a freelancer with musically which was then bought by tiktok later on mm. so i got a keen interest in the video space right uh i always knew i wanted to do something in the video space didn't have too much idea uh now whenever someone starts no one starts saying that you know i'm going to become an entrepreneur yeah. or i'm going to i am kind of do something it just happens right uh, or you basically get an itch this itch for me started back in 2014 wow when i started working as a venture capitalist right mm-hmm. so i realized that uh, you know this is something that excites me and i want to continue doing mm-hmm. after working for a year i realized that uh, you know investing uh, in entrepreneurs is exciting but not exciting enough for me when you are like 25 years old and you are meeting like 20 25 entrepreneurs every day with new innovative ideas you tend to kind of see that you know where are you in your journey why don't you start something by yourself so i wanted to do something i didn't have this idea that i'll start something i had this uh, thought that you know i would be able to kind of come up with a cool idea and just sell it off uh, to someone mm-hmm. but when i started kind of you know talking about this with my friends my other two partners also sakit and alok we said talking about how deep the video ecosystem has gone right hmm. and how much more deeper it is going to go and we had kind of i would say looked forward into the future and said that you know video is going to be the main major way of communication marketing and everything that we see 
probably five to seven years down the line. Mm-hmm. And we we have proved ourselves right. Otherwise, obviously, it would have been a disaster in making for us. True. Uh, but obviously, uh, the early days was all about kind of you know trying to figure out karna kya hai. Mm-hmm. So when we started uh, kind of you know building video was back then. The thought process was. we were trying to solve for a very simple problem in the video ecosystem which is called as content moderation mm-hmm. how can you pick up metadata from the content mm-hmm. and understand moderating factors in it what that means is india is a very censorship focused country right nudity performity alcohol smoking mm-hmm. is termed as scenes that are not to be openly shown mm-hmm. our censorship board has become fairly liberal about these things these days but that's also with a disclaimer that comes on the screen all sure. the time So, though we have started adopting these things, we are still having a lot of restrictions, right? And I'm talking about 2015, 2016, early days where this was the biggest problem that everyone was trying to solve for. Mm. We cannot have smoking alcohol scene, performity, religious conversations can't happen on you know your TVs and televisions and all of that. So we were trying to solve for that at the, that point of time. And how we were doing it is we were identifying metadata from the video content, and mm. we we're using the metadata kind of you know just uh create some kind of you know synchronous understanding and pattern recognition mm-hmm. to map to what was right and what was wrong Got so early days was all about us going sitting at the client's office for hours talking to them trying to explain to them le lo aap ke liye acha hai but uh people in the media industry it, it is difficult to change set processes they had this entire manual process where they had 100 200 people sitting at the back end looking at every frame hmm. and saying what is right and what is wrong and when you are coming and trying to change that it was obviously dealt with a lot of resistance so the early days was all about us trying and kind of you know figuring out what is working what is not working while that was happening we were trying our hands at a couple of other things using the same technology we told ourselves that let's do something called a shoppable videos also hmm. where we will tag the video content with shopping products and it can redirect you to that website to make a purchase we realized it 4 months into the system that this is not going to work because there is a fight between what the content holders are and who the uh, shoppers are right, right. and uh, content holders care only about the money who advertising revenue was not an exciting cream pie for them it was mm. not enough uh, as a big market for winning at that point of time so then obviously we f- started kind of you know pivoting slowly 2017 end is when we actually started hardcore pivoting into this entire video editing ecosystem we realized after talking to a bunch of people in the industry that the editing ecosystem had not seen too much changes over the last decade or so had mm. been completely manually dominated by adobe premiere pro and final cut pro and we set out to kind of see if we can do something there uh, we used again used the same thing that we have built as a core technology took it as a kind of you know important factor that will fit into the editing ecosystem that is identifying important moments using metadata and us that worked brilliantly because what that means is basically you're solving the entire post production work where you can actually create endless clips of endless formats endless sizes for all the platforms at once mm-hmm. at a click of a button and it also and that is a very exciting opportunity i would say for everyone right like if i want to watch virat kohli's 6 his wicket or maybe his say the runs he's taken as a fan now i have access to those clips specifically and i don't have to you know scroll the social channels where a pirated mm-hmm. version of it is created so the powerful version kind of started getting created where people were identifying key moments or highlights using mm-hmm. our tool and we kind of made this pivot in 2019 in hardcore and then kind of you know started going ahead uh, along the journey from there so that's been i would say a short 
description of how we started and where we are today obviously where we are there's a lot more than what we are just doing by editing content under videoverse under videoverse now we have three different products one is mm-hmm. called as magnify second is called as stick third is called as elasto the idea is to build a universe around broadcasting and editing tools right mm-hmm. so magnify is our enterprise editing tool which uses machine learning to automatically identify interesting moments in the uh, content and tag it and obviously publish it as well stick which is a second product is basically a de facto broadcasting system that allows you to go live on multiple social platforms simultaneously and collaborate with your friends and colleagues and everyone across the globe the third product is elasto which actually takes the power of your manual editing that adobe premiere pro does and put it up on web so that you can edit the content now on web and actually collaborate with everyone across the globe and not be dependent on uh, a system complicated like an adobe premiere pro to edit content now if i'm an 8 year old kid who wants to upload a content on youtube my parents are not going to give me a macbook pro to buy and download the software of an adobe but they'll give me a windows system and they'll say whatever you want with it they'll be very happy if they have to pay few hundred rupees to use it also and that's the target audience that we're going after Awesome, awesome. I was actually reminded of Pied Piper when you told me about the compression, you know, <laughs> algo that you're trying to build, right? So I just, 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 you know, I was something as a point of reference. But yeah, I mean, I love what you uh, are doing at this point of time. In fact, democratizing um, video production or you know, editing in in that sense. So. how did you actually i i know identify this problem statement i know we spoke about the pivot journey but uh, yeah. what was the moment when you realized that hey i think this is this is a real big problem so was this more like interacting with with the target users or was it something that you realized uh you know it's a very very intuitive for you to actually pick that data and understand yeah this makes sense so our client base never changed right hmm. the client base was the same that we were selling the content moderation piece to right. over the broadcast right so it was with them only when while we were talking we realized that there is a problem of way the editing is done hmm. and this was when we were actually at one of their offices right we spent an entire week there we realized that they have an entire floor hmm. filled with video editors hmm. who I used to meet at the lunch break hmm. and i used, I, I like uh, i used to just go around talking to people to understand what do they do hmm. right and if there is anything that they are looking as a problem at in the ecosystem that i can solve for and i was just trying to kind of you know also pick my ideas from there this is when it happened when i was actually sitting at the lunch table and i was i was actually uh, there with my uh, friends that were working in that office and i heard mm-hmm. a bunch of people video editors in the background saying that yaar kya bore kaam kar raha hu main where i am editing the same content again and again mm-hmm. and uh, it is not really meeting the requirement that it has to अब मैं कैसे एडिट कर दूं कंटेंट जो नाउ द क्वेश्चन देयर वाज हाउ डू आई एडिट द कंटेंट दैट माय एडिटर रियली वांट्स टू सी बिकॉज़ दैट मींस आई हैव टू वाच द एंटायर फुटेज वर्थ 6 आवर्स एंड हाउ कैन आई डिलीवर इट इन द सेम डे दैट दैट वाज अ क्वेश्चन दैट ही वाज रेजिंग एंड देन आई आस्क्ड माय फ्रेंड एट द लंच टेबल लाइक व्हाट इज ही टॉकिंग अबाउट ही सेड दैट वी हैव मोर देन 200 डिफरेंट वीडियो एडिटर्स हुज जॉब इज टू गो थ्रू अ for an example a video clip right which mm-hmm. is long for say 6 hours mm-hmm. identify moments and then create clips for every single player inside that moment i was like that's tedious right and he's like yeah it's very tedious but that's what is today's need of the hour uh, we are launching one of the biggest uh, ott platforms in the country and no one has really solved for this mm-hmm. if we are able to somehow use machine learning to identify or use metadata to identify what is happening inside the content 
imagine the amount of man hours we can save and the amount of automation that can really kick in into the system that got me thinking that you know if there's a metadata that can solve this problem we have solved half of the problem the other half of the problem is now to just train the systems to get to uh, accuracy where it can identify information for this particular movement and that got us excited so we actually took it as a small i would say internal experiment we told ourselves that we'll try it out for 2 months we'll try and develop this because we didn't have expertise in it hmm. if we are able to successfully develop this we will spend more energy and time on it because that time we didn't really have money hmm. so there was no money to spend hmm. all we had was our energy and time so we told ourselves we'll spend more energy and time on this hmm. if this experiment of ours goes successful and the only request i've made to my friend and a couple of people i knew in that organization was that if i'm able to do this in 2 months will you allow me to test it on your video clips and they said absolutely hmm. and that was the biggest support that i've ever got in my life that someone why, just by telling them what i'm going to try and do they were the first ones to say that yes i'm trying it wow. we will immediately try hmm. if you build it and that gave me a, a spark of confidence at the same time it also kind of you know pushed me to work harder it gave me a confidence that there is someone who is going to buy this what i'm going to try and build got it and it need to deliver it in 2 months awesome now the funny story here is we did not deliver it in 2 months <laughs> <laughs> obviously it took us more than 6 months to even get there but the progress that we could show in that 2 months hmm. to that team was enough for them to get excited and say that this is something that will work and the use case also was defined very well right that we will give you an entire footage of a cricket match and you will identify different moments with player tags into it and give us different multiple files and that was that was a very interesting use case and luckily the ipl season had just got over so we had time on our hands so we used all of that time then to start working on it uh and obviously i i say this to everyone if it wasn't that moment where you know a eureka moment where it really happened that you know oh wow you can automate the workflow of video editing i don't think we would have been where we are right awesome so i mean just to understand let's say there's a there's a video uh, or a clip and so basically algo is able to pick uh, a particular moment um, just with the metadata right so basically you add phrases in and and is that is that how it works i mean no so what we do is basically uh, we use various computer vision uh, modules uh, that we have internally mm-hmm. built and we use a couple of uh, kind of you know core understanding around data to identify moments right so what we do is we identify what the speakers are talking so god. we'll pick out on keywords so you and me talking and say for example god it is a keyword for me mm-hmm. so every time you got it that means it's a trigger point for me that you have understood something so that's a trigger point or for an example i will say that we are identifying faces so whenever i am talking if my face is flashing hmm. it will identify all the screens where my face is showing up the third aspect was actually an object tracking So if you and I are playing something, a guitar which is there in the background, or we are playing, say, football, wherever the ball is moving around in the screen, it will try and identify that. And the uh, last de facto into this was reading what the graphical text was there on screen, right? Hmm. Like a scorecard, or if I put up some text on the screen that people can read. So these were the various factors how we identified core of key moments within the content, uh, and I said that we will create a short clip for you instantly. Great. So let's switch gears here. So let's talk about Vinayak as an entrepreneur, right? So I do see that you were heading marketing at some point of time, and then went into the whole venture world. And uh, of course, you told your story about how you know you got to you know a place where you started thinking about, hey, let's do something, you know, entrepreneurial. So 
let's talk a little bit about you know Vinak as an entrepreneur, right? Um, from where you started and where you are today. Uh, so I'm going to ask you like a couple of questions, like follow up, and then you know loop it back. So what's changed for you uh, majorly, you know, in this last season uh, since you raised Series B? So how is a Series B founder different from a bootstrapped uh, founder who was trying to build, you know, something that could serve a use case? Possibly. Uh, no, so I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say that uh, anything has changed for me okay. because uh, I am still the same person. Okay. Uh, color of my blood is still red, so nothing <laughs> really has changed there. Uh, uh, more than that, obviously, there is more responsibility, I would say, uh, on me uh, than before. Uh, I tell this to everyone. Raising capital is not a success matrix. We celebrate it. Yeah. Uh, we celebrate it a lot mm. because obviously you define uh, success when it kind of, uh, you know, puts a valuation in place and it puts some kind of capital in place. You're also showing to the world that there is some, you know, faith of the outside world into what you're trying to build. True. And that's the reason why we celebrate it. But I don't feel that it's a major milestone. Hmm. It is definitely a milestone, but it's not a major milestone. Uh, at least if you have raised money in the last two years, uh, in the last two years, everyone has raised money. So hmm. it was never a milestone for anyone. Uh, being a bootstrap founder is the best feeling that you can ever get, right? Hmm. Because then you're basically in control of your destiny. Uh, uh, it's not like, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that raise capital are not in control of their destiny. Right. Uh, you can do things you can do things differently. You can do things differently when you're bootstrapped. And uh, when you raise capital, obviously, uh, you have a lot of other things to take care of. It's not only about now, you know, just running the business. There's a lot of other things that you're trying to kind of also handle. You have to handle your investors. You have to handle uh, your public image. You have to handle your relationships. Uh, You have to handle, uh, you know, obviously the growth that you really want to kind of show. Uh, so a bunch of things that really kick in, right? Because you, eventually if someone is putting in money, you need to also give them an exit. How do you give them an exit? Sure. Either the company makes enough money to give them an exit or you have to, again, become venture fundable for the next round so that you can raise capital and the investors can take an exit. Got so it. in either way, you're basically battling through, uh, I would say, not only pressure, but also then you're basically bound to do things in a certain way. That's all. So other than that, nothing really has changed. Like uh, life has not really changed. Things have just been better for us uh, overall as a company, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So going back, um, my other question was like, so were you always entrepreneurial? I mean, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial. So was that was that part of like how you started seeing things and shaped? Because I'm just trying to bust this myth that that you need to have an entrepreneurial DNA to be an entrepreneur. So just just trying to get there. Not at all. I didn't do anything crazy or fancy when I was in college or school, right? Got it. <laughs> I did not open up a, uh, you know, um, I didn't start a project which I was working on or anything. Hmm. Uh, to be very honest, even till the point of time when we started the company, even after we started the company for a year, I didn't really feel that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, to be very honest. And that, uh, to be very honest, at that point of time, I was just feeling that I'm an operator. Uh, a term that I use for myself is that I know how to operate things. And I was good at it because obviously uh, at school, uh, I was a part of my school football team. So I, and I, ca- I was a captain of the team. So I knew how to operate things, hmm. right? And that's something that carried forward in my college days also, hmm. uh, where I was actually a captain for my football team and my tennis team. So 
I would say I was always an operator. I was never an entrepreneur uh, at my uh, end, right? Hmm. Uh, I became an entrepreneur when I started the company. Hmm. And starting the company also was, uh, it's not like, you know, we thought that, you know, we want to do something that's let's, let's start the company. It was like, let's try and build something. Now to build something in India, if you want to market it, you want to sell it, you have to register a company. Hmm. So that's how it happened for me because I wanted to do it. I wanted to sell it as an operator. I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. God. So you have already busted a myth, right? You don't have to have that entrepreneurial DNA to become an entrepreneur. Hmm. And it's just about you being excited about what you're doing. That everyone who's excited about doing what they're doing is an entrepreneur at heart, right? Uh, was the de facto become an operator also. Uh, it can be uh, as simple as someone who runs a restaurant to maybe someone who runs a multi-billion dollar company. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about your early adopters, um, which is where a lot of them struggle. So there was an earlier adopter who believed in you, gave you that yeah. chance, which is amazing to hear. So how did you go get your first 10 customers? I mean, first 10 billable customers. I'll tell you how I got my first five customers. Awesome. Uh, so my first five customers were actually uh, references mm-hmm. that came in from one single person who was basically as an advisor to me. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, he, more than an advisor, he was someone who was just a well-wisher, I would say. The word advisor is into, uh, freely thrown around these days in the startup ecosystem. He wasn't an advisor. He was a he was a good friend, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, who was a well-wisher who wanted good things to happen for me. He, he was excited about uh, my energy. He was excited about what I was trying to build. So he was like, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you just make some introductions. And he never overpromised anything. He didn't say that, you know, look, I'm going to introduce you to someone. I'm going to go make you sit there mm-hmm. and you're going to just land a plant. Mm-hmm. He did a very realistic thing with me. He said that, look, I'm just going to put mm-hmm. you in touch with someone who I know in the system. Mm-hmm. I don't know how influential they are. A person who can at least listen to you. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted. He didn't promise me I'm going to get my client. He didn't promise me that I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, build a good relation. He didn't promise me that, you know, that they will definitely subscribe to the product. All he did was he said he will listen to you. That's all. God. And that was that was good enough for us for the first five customers because he introduced me to the top, uh, I would say top people today at least in all these broadcasting companies across India hmm. where I was able to go sit down spend an hour and a half, two hours with the time that they could give me at that level, which is commendable because they were able to give me that kind of time. Hmm. And out. the biggest thing that I learned while I was making these first initial introductions was just listening to people can elevate the way you, you know, learn or, you know, transfer knowledge between each other. And that's really what happened that, you know, my, my sense of kind of, you know, thought process completely changed because now I was a great, I, w- I would say I was a great person who could give speeches. I wasn't a great listener until then. Hmm. But the first five hours that I converted made me a good listener because I realized that, you know, if you listen to things, you get good ideas. And these hmm. people had not heard about, you know, automating video workflows to get instant key moments and highlights, editing your workflow to be automated and all of that. Right. So people got, people got excited. So I realized that you can get great ideas from anyone and anywhere. And everyone has a story to tell, which will always find me talking about that. I feel everyone has a story to tell. Uh, it just needs a moment and uh, also someone to listen to it. That's all. So that's how I landed up my first five customers through this one single well-wisher. 
after that it became much easier because i focused too much on my first five customers hmm. created multiple case studies out of them and used them as a i would say a guinea pig or piggy backed on their name to hmm. go out to the other five customers and make them my customers because it was much easier true because usually people take the bottom up approach i ended up taking the top down approach right so i went to the topmost clients in the funnel and said that look you will eventually become the largest clients that i would ever have or you might even drop off if you don't like me but let me just i'm going to spend the same time convincing someone at a smaller scale than convincing you guys i might as well spend time with you so that's the approach i took and it really paid off uh, but again it's it's company to company product to product person to person how you approach these things so true so true so let's talk about your team how did you meet your co-founders and how did you build a team so where are you at at this point of time Sure. So uh, I met Sakit and Alok in 2015 when I was doing uh, the entire project with uh, the broadcasters, mm-hmm. where we were trying to kind of you know uh, see how bandwidth could be uh, used, low bandwidth could be used for buffering content. Um, and uh, I was doing one of the projects where I actually interacted with them, reached out to them, uh, and then spoke to them about this. And they were trying to work on uh, this entire metadata at that point of time. And they said that look, we can't do this, but we can use metadata to do X, Y, Z things. So since then I had them in my mind, and we used to keep on and off talking, and we hit it off really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we used to keep exchanging ideas over over messages, and we used to keep talking uh, for hours at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually 2015 June when uh, we actually went to Goa together, uh, and it was just two weeks we spent. He was on, he was there, uh, kind of you know working through Goa. and i was there actually just with my friends so everyone had come down summer time people were spending time together so i was in goa and we spent a lot of time together and that's where we really hit it off mm-hmm. so that what let's do this together kind of a thing and uh, at that point of time i had this thought right you know why and i'm just doing this with someone who i know already right mm-hmm. but then i realized that to do something you can't be you know having a fall back on your uh, comfort zone always you need to be out of your comfort zone you need to have you need to have people that complement uh, your skills uh, hmm. you can't have people of the same skill set uh, doing the same thing it, it won't to work out hmm. and uh, i found that very well coinciding with sakita nanak and that's why you know that's how we started the company together awesome and uh, so in terms of building a team what do you look for i mean what's your culture code like I mean, what is what is Vinayak look for? <laughs> We're still defining a culture code. That's what I tell everyone. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. That uh, the definition of building a culture within the org is an ever evolving process. Mm-hmm. You cannot define it in one shot. It happens over the years. We're still defining it. What we definitely look for, and what I personally kind of you know thrive on. is the mindset the positivity the energy that a person can give out right mm-hmm. uh, are they excited about what they're doing you know uh, are they excited about uh, getting up in the morning and trying to solve for problems uh, don't want to work with people who are in yes man right mm-hmm. uh, do not want someone who keeps saying yes challenge things right you know you might be wrong you might not have the entire knowledge but if you don't question it you will never learn mm-hmm. and you're scared enough to question then then you're never learning you're never becoming a leader and i believe that everyone if given an equal opportunity can actually excel everyone talks about oh we didn't get this opportunity in our career uh, i i don't think it's true everyone gets a chance everyone gets an opportunity you just have to realize when you have to grab it hmm. right 
so in the, within the company we we do not encourage people to you know uh, hold back their thoughts we want people to talk about it uh, it might sound argumentative debatable uh, you know uh, you might term it as even rude at times you know people term it as rude it's okay i want people to start questioning right mm-hmm. you know i want people to question me i want people to ask me questions that they don't understand or me to ask questions that i don't understand mm-hmm. and there's no shame in it uh, at no matter what level you are if you don't ask questions if you don't keep learning you're never going to evolve so that's the main criteria that we look for when we are actually going out and saying that look we're going to you know close down on a couple of people for this position and that position the first biggest thing for us is mindset hmm. what kind of a mindset do you come from right uh, and that is the factor point number 1 and then obviously everything else becomes secondary for us everything else is just about you know what you have done in your previous work and you know uh, how diligent have you been with it those are the few check marks that we have but usually the first check box is the most important thing because if if you're a free flower in terms of getting things done and you love taking ownership then i don't have to put someone over you to get monitored i know you will get your job done got it absolutely absolutely so let's talk about raising funds and how did you go about i mean uh, how does your cap table look like i'm not definitely don't want to get into the details of it but i mean is is it a is it a large cap table is it is it small i mean how did you raise your first uh did you raise a seed i'm not too sure if you raised your seed but how how did that whole process go about so yeah we obviously did a seed round uh, mm-hmm. back in 2018 we raised a couple of smaller angel rounds as well in our journey mm-hmm. uh obviously very happy that uh our angel investors have got an exit from the company because your early believers are the ones that you know take the maximum risk while they're True. investing in you and i'm True. glad that you know today where we are uh they have been able to take a good exit from us uh so i would say obviously while we raised money right mm-hmm. the, those years were really i would say good for the indian ecosystem you know compared to what we're seeing today is very very different but that time was very kind of easy you know people were excited about making angel investments people mm-hmm. were excited about making seed round investments and everything uh we obviously went through our own challenges i still remember that before we raised our first round of capital we ended up meeting more than 60 70 different investors right hmm so at that point it kind of became de facto listening to nose because obviously people people used to be that you know yaar samajh nahi raha bana kya rahe ho and what are you trying to make hmm. uh you know will this eventually become that the word that i got tired of hearing over a period of time was your time is not big i was like what do you mean by my time is not big right hmm. uh and it it took a while to explain to people that look a time definition is different for everything hmm. uh, a time definition for something that we are doing is going to grow you hmm. you cannot have a grown time for something that we are doing today and, and i'm glad that we proved uh, most of the people wrong right that hmm. uh, we were playing into a growing time we were playing into a growing opportunity it was just about realizing what we are trying to do will have eventual mark fold into it right now obviously this are early days people were still trying to figure out what is working what is not working uh for us obviously uh we were also trying to kind of test waters and experiment with a lot of things so we were glad that you know some of the investors showed faith in, try- in terms of what we were trying to build um and early days was all about just the hustle of you know getting them excited about talking about these ideas that we had in mind because we had very little show at that point of time uh everyone told me that your life becomes easier once you raise a series a mm-hmm. the minute is a series a 
the life did not become easier it got even tougher because now you have 10000 other responsibilities that you have to do hmm. uh and when i raised my series a everyone told me series b kar lo and series b ke baad to matlab life is set hmm. and trust me whoever says this is completely wrong they hmm. either have not raised enough capital in their life or haven't raised the rounds that they have been talking about mm-hmm. uh every round your responsibility just keeps going that's so true it compounds yeah it, it keeps compounding you're basically you, you your responsibility towards your stakeholders towards your team everything amplifies right mm. uh, with smaller money or a smaller team with more money or a larger team so your problems are only going to amplify they never reduce nothing is going to reduce so obviously it's a big milestone when you take the ratios of the companies that make it out of the seed rounds to the a to the a to the b but again the lesser the companies that come to a b that means there is a much more compounding effect that's going to be on the companies that continue growing in that space that you know the the stress is always there it's mm-hmm. not not it's just that you just learn to how to balance them that's all so obviously raising money has always been a fun experiment as well as a challenging experience for us i still remember when we tried raising the series a most of the venture capital funds in india said no to us they again the question was your time is not big enough and we had decent business right uh, doing decent in terms of revenue and i still used to hear everyone say look we like what you're building what you guys are building we don't understand the time and after a point i was just tired of hearing those things like you know we don't understand the time but i'm lucky that uh the investors that finally decided to say yes to us uh are the guys that are there with a cap table like i cap table is not crowded at all today it's it's a much leaner cap table um and uh, i'm so happy with the kind of guys that have come and invested in us because there's some rock solid guys that have invested on in us the fundamentals are absolutely strong they know exactly what they're looking for hmm. uh the last the last round that i raised uh the only question that i ended up asking my lead investor is if a point comes in my life that i might not raise any capital after this would you be okay with it hmm. the thing that he said to me was the best thing any investor has ever told me that they tell their investors their lps that we might be the last check in a company hmm. and that gave me so much amount of confidence that told me that these guys are in it for the long run hmm. they're not going to come back to me after 4 years and say that exit day do they know that if the company does well eventually the exit will fall through got it awesome so what's your reading on the on the startup winter i mean just just if you can just quickly comment on that because that's that's the buzz right now so i'm no expert people ask me to go and give give these expert uh, talks and you know guide <laughs> entrepreneurs i i'm just learning i am still learning i keep telling everyone so i don't usually do that uh i feel good companies will continue doing good they will continue attracting capital there is enough capital in the market hmm. uh, everyone knows this so many funds uh, are there everyone has raised capital in the last two years everyone wants to deploy they have just become more cautious uh which i believe everyone should have just done it before, before right yeah they, yeah people should have just been cautious before like in in a country you cannot have 10000 uh you know 100 million dollar companies it's difficult hmm. uh and in a span of 5 years i'm talking about that right it's going to take some time uh and the indian ecosystem is still maturing and it's not matured enough yet so you know it's it's not happened overnight it's just got ballooned over the last couple of years there was excess capital no questions asked people kept pumping it in 
people are now asking questions because that excess capital which are supposed to give them some excess returns are not coming now out of the market. So true. So true. And so when that when that's going to happen, obviously you're going to feel the pinch of it across the industry. So good companies will continue doing good. Uh, there'll be a good amount of filtration that will happen now. Filter will get created. You will know that the companies exist and that will continue being there in the market for the next 12, 18 months. Other companies that have been the strongholders. Uh, early stage investments is not going to see any slowdown in a country, I feel. Uh, there are going to be enough and enough deals that will continue happening. There will be only a slowdown in terms of growth stages. Uh, and very likely, uh, uh, you know, they. I hope this whatever we call it a startup winter for funding um, kind of you know just corrects the way people think about their investments right the way they look at deals the way they look at uh, you know how to go about things that's all there's not going to nothing is going to change otherwise uh, i just hope that things that change out of this is a there should definitely be a like a tech hiring correction that happens because obviously <laughs> our startup founders are the ones to blame that have inflated everything in the market when it so comes to hiring. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe and I hope that uh, corrects itself. And the second is obviously uh, a differentiation starts getting created towards just core fundamentals of business, right? And your business True. fundamentals never change. True. Your business fundamental is always going to be about value creation and not valuation creation. Yeah. It's, so if you create a value, obviously valuation is a, a catalyst to it. It will follow through. Totally makes sense. Awesome. So I have a, I have like quick rapid fire, five, five quick rapid fire questions for you. So um, I know you're far away, but if you answer well, I'll send you a gift hamper your way, right? So let's start with the first one. So is there a book that you're reading or a show you're watching that you can share with our viewers? Oh, I was watching Stranger Things. I just finished it uh, yesterday. Awesome. And is there a CEO that you follow? Uh, yes, definitely. A couple of them. Uh, I follow, uh, so I follow Elon Musk. I follow Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I follow Sundar Pichai. Uh, these are a few of the people that I follow. But too cliche for everyone to follow them. Uh, but I also enjoy following uh, non-CEOs, but true founders uh, and innovators like Mr. Ratan Tata. Uh, just listening to their life journey and life stories, right? Inspiring enough. Awesome. What's your favorite SaaS app? Uh, don't have one yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I I keep exploring. I have yet yet don't have a favorite one. Rephrase that question. App that you keep using. <laughs> the app that I keep using, obviously WhatsApp. <laughs> like my half my life is dependent on it today. Unfortunately. So true. So true. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I try to get in at least a seven. I am surviving on a six, six to six and a half these days. Awesome. Uh, last question. How has pandemic changed your life? For the good. Got married, had a kid. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, things have never been better. Um, and um, I feel, I, I feel much more positive about things. I feel, you know, uh, the changes happened for good. People have started taking their life seriously uh, in terms of spending more time with the family, which is a very good thing. So true. So true. So yeah, we're almost done. This is the last question I have for the whole podcast, which is what's something that you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh, wow. Uh, something that I wish I knew when I was 20. I, I So I, I'm going to rephrase that. Something I wish someone taught me when I was 20. Mm-hmm. 
was managing finances. And I'm not even joking about this. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't know why we do not have emphasis about this in our education system today. Mm-hmm. Why do not we teach our kids about finances, about savings, about investments? Mm. Because your entire life is going to be all about it, right? True. It's all going to be about how you make money, save money, and save money to make more money. <laughs> True. Inflation is growing. Your FDs are not going to help you anymore. So FD is not investments. You need smarter investment channels and routes. So I really, I really hope someone taught us that in our, I would say, school days. That's early, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So it was really nice having you, Vinayak. I mean, a lot of interesting stuff that we spoke about. Um, and I think I had a couple of key learnings as well in this whole uh, like talk. And one was more around, you know, this whole idea of, it's okay to pivot uh, and it's okay to do that if you're closely listening. I mean, I think it's, it's those moments where you're looking for, but at the same time, uh, you know, it happens to you, right? So be ready for those moments. I think I, that was a very interesting thing that you were there and you were asking questions, but you overheard a conversation which changed the whole course of what you're trying to build. I mean, that's that's a very big thing. But sometimes I think we miss these moments and it's it's very, very powerful. And I think the other learning that I had was in in terms of, you know, this whole constant thing about pursuing, you know, around one one whole uh, aspect, like for you it was videos and you actually give enough and more time. I think it's, it's, that, that's a really, really beautiful thing. And it's a very interesting observation I made. Uh, so I think you think breathe videos. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really nice to, to have known you. So thanks for your time, Vinayak. I mean, uh, looking forward to staying in touch and uh, have, a, have a great journey ahead. Absolutely, Joseph. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. That's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning into the SaaS Universe podcast. And remember, if you're looking for non-dilutive capital to help grow your business, Efficient Capital Labs is here to help. With their unique approach, you can receive up to 75% of your projected revenue as upfront capital and all within just three days. So don't wait. Head to www.ecaplabs.com to learn more and get started today. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show.